A number of years ago, I was sitting in a coffee shop on a Wednesday in February, and I noticed something very peculiar. A young gal walked in, ordered a coffee, but when she turned around, there was this black mark on her forehead. I thought at first, this is a makeup mess up. But a few minutes later, a guy walked in with the same dark mark on his forehead. And I remember thinking to myself, huh, I wonder what religion they're part of. Oh, wait, it's Ash Wednesday. That's right. Well, in the years since then, I've been the one to walk in with the mark. Hey, everyone, it's Rev Brad. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent. So stay tuned. He's found the space and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post. Almost made him in. And they have... He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're at the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! So today, Wednesday, 26 February, is Ash Wednesday. It marks the beginning of the season of Lent, And we will start these next 40 days leading up to Easter, excluding Sundays, in preparing our hearts for, if you're a Christian, preparing your hearts for understanding and contemplating Easter and what all that means. So for me, Ash Wednesday isn't something that I grew up with in my Protestant faith tradition. It was only later in life that I encountered and learned more about this important part of the church year. Now, Advent is my favorite season personally but there's something about the somberness of the Lent season that just feels right to me. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe it's the environment that I work in or the things that I've carried and seen, but I have learned the importance and place of Lent. It really helps me to celebrate Easter and Jesus's resurrection more fully. It makes Easter uh, pop in a sense and helps me understand what Jesus did in a more powerful way. So today on the podcast, I want to reference a Lenten guide that you can use during the season of Lent. I'm probably going to use it myself. A couple friends of mine who are writers and pastors in the Denver, Colorado area have written and produced this guide. Their names are Dave Meserve and Mike Sayers. You can find a link to the guide. It's only available electronically this year via the link that's in the liner notes. Or you can also go to MikeSayers.com. That's M-I-K-E-S-A-R-E-S.com. Click on Mike's blog, and there the guide will be posted every week on Wednesday, I believe. Okay? So you can, a couple ways you can get to it. You should check these guys in their group out. They work with a group called Urban Sky, and they've written, produced some really good things around the seasons of Advent and Lent. As a starter, I've asked permission to directly take their introductory piece and use it on today's podcast. You know, we pastors are great at being pirates of one another's stuff, and these guys were gracious enough to let me use it. But before we jump in, I want to mention a couple other Lent resources that you might look into, because I know sometimes a particular guide or book may not be a fit for where we are in in life. So two other guides, which I'll link through again on Smile Amazon in the liner notes. Um, The first is one of my favorites, Bread and Wine, Readings of Lent and Easter. It's a compilation work, features authors like C.S. Lewis, 
G.K. Chesterton, Madeline Lingle, uh, Dorothy Day, Henry Nouwen. Uh, just a great compilation. A lot of different writing, a lot of reflection around the season of Lent and Easter. And I, this thing has, I've read through it a couple times through the season of Lent and Easter. Another one that I've really enjoyed, I've, I've gone through once or twice, is called Seven Weeks for the Soul. A Reflective Journey for Lent or Other Times of Renewal. It's done by Gerard Hughes. Uh, he uh, was in Birmingham, England, uh, really a, a practice ecumenical spirituality, and he's authored a few other books, and uh, this has been a very practical, scripture-based uh, journey that you could go through during the season of Lent as well. So here we are, we're ready to jump into it. Uh, this is the guide, again, written by Mike Sayers and Dave Meserve, a couple friends of mine here in the Denver area. And I really want you to um, hear and enter in as they write this introductory piece, uh, and and perhaps this is the guide for you. This is this will be the thing that can be a journeying uh, companion for you during these next forty days as we go through the season of Lent. The Seven Deadly Virtues: A Lenten Guide. Welcome to Lent. Lent begins on Ash Wednesday, February twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Lent is a gift that the ancient church has given us that often remains unopened. For some, it's too antiquated or intimidating. For many, it's simply a mystery that holds intrigue but lacks direction. This Lenten guide is an attempt to provide some gracious direction for those who may want a fresh take, or even a first take, on an ancient season. And so, if you know Lent in your bones and hope for a fresh experience of the season— or if you grew up seeing it from afar, likely across the street at the Orthodox or Catholic Church, and are ready to explore it for yourself, if your default position remains a safe distance from organized religion, and yet you still long for a true spiritual experience, then Dave and Mike's blessing their prayer for you is that this guide would play a small part in helping you find what your heart truly seeks. The Season of Lent we begin our journey with a few helpful ways to approach Lent. First, Lent is a season. Originally a time of preparation for Easter baptisms, Lent expanded to 40 days and included the whole congregation. Its length is intentional. In the church world, we look at 10% as a tithe number, one-tenth of your income set aside for holy use. As Lent is roughly 10% of a year, it might be viewed as a time to intentionally set apart a portion to be especially mindful regarding our spiritual life. Secondly, Lent is a messy season. The name itself comes from a German word meaning lengthen, as the days get longer. It coincides with the coming of spring and the ending of winter. We call it quote-unquote mud time, where the melted snow reveals all the debris underneath, a helpful metaphor for our spiritual lives. It's while we address the messiness of the season, we notice the buds of new growth beginning to sprout. Thirdly, Lent is an intentional season. To pursue spiritual growth through Lent requires a level of focus, and this focus must happen within a frantic culture where reflection and resolve have never been more elusive. We know that without intention, growth rarely occurs, making the very act of committing to practice Lent already countercultural. Uh, fourthly, Lent is to be practiced. Uh, we don't, quote-unquote, practice church. We practice Lent. Even the most irreligious recognize the active part of the season. What are you giving up for Lent? While we often dumb down Lent to some form of self-improvement program, we understand that Lent is not a passive endeavor. 
as well embedded in the idea of practice is that we practice to get better. We don't have to be very good at it, and that is strangely comforting. In all, Lent is an intentional, messy season where we practice that which helps us grow into the kind of people we were designed to be, the kind of people who look more and more like Jesus. This is the gift of the ancient church, and now is the time to open it anew. So let's talk theme, our theme, the deadly virtues. To help focus our Lent, we've chosen a theme to center our thoughts and hopes and practices. Deadly virtues is meant to be a provocative paradox. One of the challenges embedded in this theme is the realization that vices just seem more interesting than virtues. Who's not heard of Dante's Inferno? Who hasn't referenced the nine circles of hell? But ask a friend their impression of Prudentius's psychomachia, blank stares. While Gregory the Great was preaching about the seven deadly sins, Prudentius focused on virtue instead of vice. As the world's original medieval allegorical writer, circa 400 AD, he coined the term contrary virtues as a way to protect oneself against the sinful seven. We applaud Prudentius in his obscure efforts. In modern vernacular, he understood that, quote, a good offense is the best defense. We think he was right. We borrow deadly as our adjective for the same reason it was attached to sins. Certain sins were considered deadly, not in the sense that they are beyond pardon, but rather in the sense that they are root sins. They lead to other sins. Similarly, deadly virtues are root virtues. Their presence and practice leads to the formation of other virtues. A compassionate heart leads to a more generous heart. Our use of deadly is also a nod to the seriousness of the subject. These virtues are not tame niceties that we put on to impress, but divinely directed strategies in, quote, the contest for our souls, the English translation of psychomachia. These particular virtues and vices cannot coexist. You cannot be generous and greedy at the same time. In that way, it really is a contest for the soul and the soul's direction. We're moving toward one or the other. Lent is an intentional time to recognize our vices in order to change direction, if needed, toward the virtuous life of Christ. So a little bit about using this guide. Each week, we'll introduce one deadly virtue through a short writing and a response section. The writing will tease out the nature of each virtue, often in light of the corresponding vice. The Christian scriptures will be our primary backdrop, but we will resource other sources of wisdom as well. The response section will offer ideas and direction regarding how to nurture a particular virtue. It will include some stories to research, resources to explore, and practices to try on, if only for the week. All this in hopes of forming the right kind of virtuous habits. As with any adventure, participating within a community of any size heightens the effectiveness and likely the pleasure of the pursuit. We hope you find some friends to make this Lenten journey with you. Overall, we hope grace covers all your efforts, along with all your inner thoughts during the season of Lent. The last thing most of us need is another spiritual program where we fall short. That is not the heart of this guide, and certainly not the heart of Lent. So Dave and Mike want to leave uh, you with a blessing on this Ash Wednesday, on this day, as you start a Lenten journey. Whether you start with their guide or with another, here are their words. May you have compassion toward yourself, 
love others through imperfections, and be generous with your heart. May you practice temperance with joy, diligence with affection, and humility with accomplishment. And may you find yourselves at peace with God. Your companions on the journey, Mike Sayers and Dave Meserve. And I throw in there Rep. Brad, too. Hey, Mike and Dave, thanks for leading us and letting us um, use this guide for this part of the year, if it's appropriate, if it's right for us. Remember, you can find a link to the guide at mikesayers.com and click on Mike's blog. And that's it for me. I'd really love to hear if you're journeying with this guide or some other resource through Lent. Send me a note or an email. Let me know what your Lent journey is looking like. You can email me easily at podcast at soccerchaplainsunited.org. And this is Rev. Brad coming to you from the Touchline.